Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. This is episode number six. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Craft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Today, we're sharing five actionable steps you can take to reduce nervousness when you're speaking. Yes, it's the sixth episode of the Presentation Boss podcast. And today, Kate and I are talking about the five actionable steps that you can take to help reduce nervousness when speaking. These are some tips to get over that debilitating fear. So it's not necessarily about removing every last shred of nerves. I don't personally believe that that's possible. I think whether you're brand new at speaking or highly experienced, there's going to be nerves there. So this is more about just taking the edge off that real uncontrollable, yeah, debilitating fear that we get. Certainly a couple of tips to get to that point where you can stand on stage or in front of an audience and think about something other than your internal feelings and think about what it is you're saying in your audience and basically just able to speak. Yeah. So I think let's get straight into it. The first tip that we have is about your mindset. Thomas, you want to talk us through that? So something that we hear a lot is a little bit of like reassurance that everybody gets nervous public speaking. And I don't I don't believe that on its own helps, but it is worth understanding that so if you're like new at this and you actually feel quite terrified public speaking, a lot of people have been there and managed to get over it. Uh, but even experienced, professional and well-seasoned speakers do still feel an element of nervousness. While, yes, practice makes up a, a lot of getting over nervousness, so does mindset. So I think it's worth understanding why we get nervous in the first place. Mm. So nervousness is a symptom basically of the fight or flight uh, reaction that we have, right? And if you think back to sort of caveman era, if we were not accepted and liked by the others in the herd or the tribe, then there was a, a good chance that we'd be like booted out of the cave and into the cold. So when we're speaking, the nervousness comes from a fear of not being accepted. This audience isn't going to like me. They may not understand me. And and therefore, you have this fight or flight response. And Mm -hmm. so in preparation for that, your body sort of gets that that fluttery, nervous, fearful feeling. When you're speaking, there's an element of non-conformity because you are one in front of a group. You're not part of the group as an audience. So that's where that being different from the wider group, the wider crowd, where that feeling comes from. Yeah, for sure. And so I think understanding why you're feeling nervous helps with your mindset. And and we know that we're going to feel nervous before we stand up on stage. So, you know, when you think, yeah, I'm going to give this talk and then the hours or minutes or whatever before, I will start to feel nervous. Expecting that and understanding it starts to help um, just with your sort of mental preparation. When we say mindset, there's a physiological response comes with nervousness, right? And for you, it might be the sort of fluttery feeling in your stomach. It could be the sweaty hands. My hands start to shake a little bit. Do you have anything, Kate? When you get like really nervous? I'm a sweater. My armpits just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's all sorts of lovely uh, physical (laughs) responses that our bodies have. Yeah. There's a little bit of information out there, which is your body has these uh, physical symptoms, these signs, Mm. uh, but it's our mindset that places meaning onto those symptoms. Like that churny feeling in your stomach. You could think to yourself, oh, this is because I'm really nervous. Because I'm going to stuff up. Yeah. Or Mm. I'm I'm feeling like I'm going to be sick. Or you can change that and think, oh, it could just be that I'm hungry, right? Because that has a very similar feeling. 
a big thing that works for us is instead of feeling all of these symptoms about being sweaty or fluttery or shaky and thinking I am very nervous, we start to think I'm just excited. Like this is my body's reaction to being excited about getting to stand up and share my ideas and my opinions. And this presentation I've put a whole bunch of preparation into. Nothing is really worth speaking about. Unless you're excited to speak about it, right? Yeah. First time that I heard this was um, watching the Winter Olympics and I was watching Sean White, who is one of the greatest snowboarders of all (laughs) time. Um, And he's won, you know, a stack of gold medals and everything. He'd won a few gold medals the previous Olympics. So then before his race at the 2014 Olympics, someone said to him, um, well, it's not a race. He's actually a half piper. Anyway, (laughs) someone said to him, (laughs) someone said to him, do you get nervous before it's your turn because there's so much pressure riding on you. And he turned around and went, nah, I'm excited, not nervous. I'm so excited to be doing what I love, what I'm great at, and just to be at the Olympics. It was this whole moment of realisation for me that, Mm. yeah, he probably was having all the symptoms of being nervous, but his mindset was, I am excited to be snowboarding and doing cool things. And he did end up winning the gold medal just (laughs) for the record. (laughs) Snowboarding fan there, Kate. A little bit. (laughs) I I know that's absolutely something I do when I'm sitting off to the side or backstage or whatever it is before speaking. And yeah, I'm a bit shaky and whatever. And like maybe bouncing a little bit to sort of move some of that nervous energy. And I just think, yeah, I'm like really excited to get out there and start speaking to these people and like, you know. Share my message. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm active on stage. So, you know, building that energy is actually really good for me as well. So just to summarise that one mindset is about moving from a place of I am really nervous to a place of I am really excited to get out and share my message with this audience. Yeah, absolutely. The second top tip, Kate, is all about breathing. Do you want to talk us through that one? Similar to what we talked about with mindset, you get this real physiological response to nerves with your body going into this fight, flight or freeze mode. Hmm. And when you take some really deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, that physically tells your body there's nothing to be scared of here. We are not in danger. And it does actually have a physical effect on the body. When you slow and control your breathing, it tells your body that it's okay. And you do have a lessening of those symptoms and you become more in control of what you're doing. So again, getting rid of that overwhelming feeling of nerves that are completely debilitating and make you unable to actually be effective when you're speaking. When you are preparing to go in front of an audience and whether that is on stage or you know just in in a meeting room just before you know you're going on if you sit there and breathe really deeply in through your nose slowly and out through your mouth slowly and just have that gentle flow of oxygen going in and out controlled it will help with with that nervous energy and i know it can often be um, a little bit of feedback we give to people we work with with walking onto stage and they feel the need to immediately begin speaking Mm. And I will often say, like, walk out on stage, find your place in the middle of the stage or the speaking area, whatever it is, and then just look at your audience, get that first line ready in your mind, take that deep breath, and then to begin to speak. Because it might take, you know, two or three seconds to take that breath, and it will feel like a lot longer for you, but the audience will wait two or three seconds. That's not a long time. It feels longer than it is. Yeah. And you actually need to breathe out, not in. Yeah. This is like when people are panicking, you have to get the breath out. People, mm. you know, when you say to someone, you need to breathe, and then people breathe in, and you get all this tension in your shoulders, it's actually the breathing out that is the bit that's harder to control. So yeah. if you can breathe out, 
you will naturally breathe in again and then you can start. So that's the second tip, which is all about breathing. When you get up to speak, take those few seconds to ensure you have a deep breath out and then deliver your first line with brilliance. The third actionable step to reduce nervousness, Kate? is about having small wins. So you need to start to experience success when you're speaking. If you've ever before given a presentation and it only went absolutely terribly and you've been avoiding doing it ever since, then the next time that you have to get up and speak, the only frame of reference that you have is that one failure. Yeah. So if you can start to have some small little successes with speaking, and this is any skill, then the next time that you have to do it maybe in front of someone, it becomes less risky. You're not as convinced that you're going to fail because you've had some wins in the past and you know that you can actually perform that skill. The recommendation here is standing up to give a big presentation, like a long presentation in front of a lot of people. It's not going to be super comfortable if that's the first time that you're speaking, right? So Mm. find those opportunities to speak in a smaller way. So at work, it might be about volunteering to give some sort of update or small presentation or speaking up at meetings and finding those opportunities and building all of those small wins, right? All the way up to something that's a bit more important to you, where you've got more people, it's a bigger presentation, there's a bit more at stake, that you know that, hey, I've done something very similar to this and felt really... On a smaller scale. Yeah, and felt really good about it. So I'm definitely capable of doing this big thing now. Mm. I have a question, Kate, which is, what's the most complex recipe that you know of for food? Oh, um, parfait. Parfait. Everybody likes parfait. (laughs) It's a movie line. (laughs) Okay, parfait. So let's say parfait has like, I don't know, 30 ingredients and about 50 steps. If I say to you, hey, here's all of the stuff that you need, go make me a parfait. If you've not set foot in a kitchen before, you're going to throw your hands in the air and I don't even understand what these steps mean, right? And so you're going to not feel so great about that. But if we start from a different place, so let's say I need you to go make me a cup of coffee. Oh, coffee, all right. You boil some water, add the coffee. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, excellent. I've made coffee. Win, right? And then tomorrow it might be, oh, we're going to make a, a toasted cheese sandwich. It's a little bit more complex. Get the cheese in there and toast him and, like, cut it in half. And so you build... Sorry, I just really love your version of what's complex in the kitchen, which is a toasted sandwich here. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we do a stir fry. So you go, like, get the noodles and the veggies and the stuff and in the wok on the stove. And, and at the end of that, you're like, oh, excellent, I can make stir fry. Like, I've got a few more steps that I know and something slightly more complex. And then I don't know how many weeks or months away parfait is. But the point is, by the time you get to parfait, you've had all these little wins of making a cup of coffee and and Vegemite on toast and toasted sandwiches and like things that get slowly more complex and you build those small wins on the way. And you have a little bit more understanding of what goes on in the kitchen or with ingredients. So now when you get handed those 30 ingredients and 50 steps for a parfait... Yeah, it might be slightly more complex than last time, the last thing that you cooked, but it's not wildly more complex. Mm. So small wins is about having wins with smaller steps. And in terms of speaking, this might just be answering a question in a meeting or doing a very small presentation or update or something like that before you actually move up to doing a big high stakes presentation maybe in front of a huge audience or a very lengthy presentation, just having those small wins beforehand with that little bit of practice. Yep. All right, Kate, so our fourth technique to reduce nervousness. So number four is about preparation techniques and about how we actually prepare for our presentation. So it's quite a common thing that we see where people will literally write out word for word their entire presentation. 
And then you're bringing this whole other issue with memorization and you're adding another layer of complexity and something else that can go wrong. Writing out a presentation is really not the right way to prepare. We need to actually have more effective preparation techniques. Yeah, and, and that's, that stands for whether you, you write it out on paper and then try to memorize it or you dump your whole presentation onto a PowerPoint. Oh, that's kind of the modern way of, of handwriting it out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's just put it all on the PowerPoint and I'll read that instead. And right. then people can actually watch you stuff up and watch you get yeah, your words wrong. Yeah, now we have a checklist and a script yeah. of like, oh, you forgot, you forgot point 19 there, right? So, <laughs> like you say, it adds this extra level of something that can go wrong. You've now started relying on either your memory or a PowerPoint to hold up your entire presentation rather mm. than just you standing up and speaking. About what you know. Yeah. So now you've got like this extra level of nervousness. And like you said, with the PowerPoint thing, like, oh, now that I'm nervous that everybody can see what I'm meant to say or can see what I've messed up, or they're going to ask questions about typos and that type of thing. Like, you're kind of setting yourself up by using this incorrect idea of how you prepare for a presentation. Mm. Which then begs the obvious question, well, if that's the wrong way to prepare, what is the right way to prepare? So I think the first thing there is it's not necessarily the wrong way to prepare. So it depends on the presentation you're giving. If you're giving a keynote and you expect to give it dozens and dozens and dozens of time, over time you will have that memorised, right? And you'll think about every single sentence. But if you're in the workplace or in your business or um, giving a presentation that you're only going to give a couple of times or even just once, well, then you need to think about how much pen you put to paper for the amount of time that you're going to be speaking, right? Yeah, so it's absolutely not attempting to have a presentation down word for word. So then the way to prepare is to know just what it is that you're going to talk about, not exactly what you're going to say, but what it is you're going to talk about. So we, we always talk about the, the sticky note. So you take that one message, which answers the question of when my audience leaves today, what is the one message I want them to have taken away from my presentation? And when you have that single sentence, you write it on a sticky note and that forms the core of your presentation. You stick it on the side of your computer monitor or the side of your notepad when you're outlining your presentation and everything drives towards that message. To fill in the presentation, you want to pick sort of three key points that help to support that one message and you'll outline them quite roughly, right? So your three points might be A, B and C and under each of those it might be I'm going to tell this small story or talk about this uh, piece of information. So you'll have three main points in the body, if you will, that all push towards a message. You've now just got a couple of things to focus on. As you outline your presentation, it will all push towards this one message and it actually becomes quite easy when you're presenting to remember what that one thing is and to continue talking about it. However, if you do have, let's say, some complex numbers or statistics or... Result. It can be a good idea to write those down specifically and have them with you. Um, if you want to try to memorise those, sure, but it can be okay just to reference a piece of paper or if they happen to be on your PowerPoint slide so that those are absolutely correct. So if we're yeah. talking about something that's going to be memorised or you have the record with you, it's those small things that are paramount that you get correct. Yeah. And I know from experience, I used to like to memorize numbers, but you get questioned a whole lot more if you've just said something than if you have like it written down oh, yeah. as a backup. Yeah, you don't actually get questioned as much. People give you a bit more credibility when you have numbers like written down. That makes sense. Yeah, that I makes used to. Sense. I used to pride myself sometimes on being able to memorize an end result number, which might be 4,223,807. <laughs> and I'd six. be quite proud of that. <laughs> but then people are like, mm, 
I'm going to need to see that number because they don't actually believe that I've got that correct. So, <laughs> yeah. How many digits do you know pi to, Kate? Two. Okay, good. <laughs> I haven't memorized that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So the preparation techniques that you employ will dictate how nervous you are. If you're using the wrong preparation techniques, then there's a chance it's actually going to make you more nervous. Mm. But if you're doing the right thing, it's going to reduce your nervousness so much. And simply knowing what you're going to talk about and understanding that you're going to be able to be excited about this and present your interpretation without having to stick to a specific script reduces your nervousness before you've even like woken up on the day of the presentation. Right? Yeah. Then the fifth tip that we have for controlling nerves is about finding the friendly faces. And do you want to talk us through what this means? Yeah. When you're presenting to a familiar audience, if it's, let's say you're in the pub and you're chatting with your mates, you, you may not feel nervous at all. And that's largely because you're quite familiar with these people, right? Like, I'm happy to talk to people that I talk to all the time. I'm not nervous. They, they're they not going to judge me too hard. So when we change the audience and now we've got a room of colleagues or potential clients or a paying audience, like, ah, oh, I'm not so comfortable now because these are people I'm not familiar with and they don't know everything about me. The tip is always to find the friendly faces. If you stand up in front of a room and you can find the people who you know are going to be smiling back at you, and they're the people you speak to first. So if you're speaking at um, a conference, so network beforehand, you go around, you meet some people and just get to know a few faces. If you're at work, you might have some friends or some colleagues that you're a little bit chummy with, and those are going to be your friendly faces. So when you take the speaking area or the stage or whatever it might be, you will begin by knowing where those people are sitting in the audience. Right. So I, I've done this and I know that when I speak to those couple of faces, I've already met them. I'm a bit more comfortable with them and I know they're going to be sort of smiling back at me or engaged. So you start by speaking to those couple of people and that will start to build your confidence because like, oh, I've got people in the audience who are excited and interested to hear me speak. And so after a few moments, looking at, at this one friendly face, say over on the left, I can start to look at the people sitting either side of them. And then they might have somebody sitting in the middle of the room and I can start to look at people either side of them. And you spread your eye contact and that comfort group as you get into the presentation. But you basically start your presentation by communicating just with those couple of friendly faces spread around the room. So conversely to that, I'm going to add, if you're in the audience when someone else is speaking, maybe it is a friend of yours or something, be prepared to give them a really friendly face back. Like yeah. make sure that you're smiling at them and being really supportive because I know that I have resting bitch face <laughs> and I have to make a real effort to look really friendly. Even though I might be really supportive, I have to make an effort to smile and... To look supportive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think it kind of goes two ways. And you might be able to really help someone else as well. Yeah, being that friendly face, even if you don't know the person, just oh, this yeah. person's going to be maybe looking for some, some happy people in the audience. Just engage with them for that bit until the rest of the audience sort of buys in. Yeah. Yeah. So finding the friendly faces, tip number five. So those are our five actionable steps to help reduce your nervousness when speaking. The first one is mindset, which is about moving from a belief of nervousness to a belief of excited. Number two was breathing, taking a couple of deep breaths to begin to calm your body before you stand up and present. Number three was about small wins and seeking small opportunities to practice and have some successes along the way. Number four was about the right preparation techniques, which is not writing out your presentation in full, just writing out that one key message. 
And lastly is to find the friendly faces. Look for the people who like you already in the audience and speaking to them to begin with. There's many ways of controlling nervousness. These are the five steps that have worked for us. And I'm sure that we will touch on nervousness in the future. So if you have a, an actionable step that helps you reduce your nervousness from speaking, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. Send us a line. We'd love to hear from you and hear what you have to say about controlling nervousness. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. Want to get in touch? Send us an email at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week. Okay, our fourth... Any other noises your body wants to make? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again.